The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum everyone and you're listening to Sisters Speak on Inspire 105.1 FM and you're here with me today, Faiza. Zarish and me, Mariam. And today we're going to be talking about a very controversial topic of honour or shame, or as some would say, is it in terms of cultural, in terms of culture? Yeah. So um, today, not only will we be discussing that, but also in terms of culture, you know, the whole idea of what will people say? That common phrase, I'm sure loads of people have heard. That is our main topic of discussion today. And remember, you can all get involved by uh, texting us on 0779481822. You can text or WhatsApp on that number. Or you can even call in on 01582481822. Or you can join us on our Facebook live stream as well and comment uh, there your views and opinions and we'll be reading that out too. So before we get into it, Mariam, would you like to tell us uh, what our show is about? So our show is a platform for Muslim girls to voice their own opinions on current events and issues and even form discussions on generous topics such as religion, culture, politics and social media. We want to know all opinions and views are our own and we respect all other opposing views. Thank you for that. So as said before, our topic today, our topic of discussion today is what will people say in terms of shame, honour and that in the community so first of all we do this thing on our show every single week thought of the week and it's just something we've learned something that's beneficial to listeners something that we should just a reminder to ourselves first and foremost so Zarish do you want to go first what is your thought for this week okay there's this quote that I read I don't memorize it so I've got it in front of me I'm going to read it out what it is it's always end the day with a positive thought no matter how things were tomorrow's a fresh opportunity to make it better Thought of the week, um, to summarise, is no matter how bad your day's been, your week, uh, your week has been, you feel heartless, heartbroken, or really upset, just remember, just say Alhamdulillah, because you can breathe, you can talk, you, you know, you've got all the senses, you've got things that people don't have, and um, there are other people that are in much worse state than you are, so just say Alhamdulillah, tomorrow is going to be a fresh day, there's always light at the end of the tunnel, and um, just be thankful for everything that you have. Thank you. That's really good. I read a quote quite similar to yours, actually, that if the people that are most successful are the most grateful because they Mm. see everything in a positive way. They don't focus on what they don't have. They focus on what they do have and they they utilize their resources and and that way they go more far. So I definitely agree with you that you should be grateful and if you imagine if you think every single day one thing that you're grateful for it'll become a lifestyle and it'll become your mentality and small things that come your way or little hurdles won't it, it won't detract you from the bigger picture and it won't yeah. it won't make you feel like demotivated or demoralized because you've got you you have so many things to be grateful for and one little thing won't um you know just make you feel down um my thought of the week well, banks off that. Off that. So, uh, my thought of the week is living each day um, as okay. It might sound a bit abstract, but living each day as it is. So, you know, sometimes it's so easy to live in the future and yeah. focus on 
the plans or try to compare yourself to other people who are you know achieving x y and z um, and you forget to live in the present um, and that can happen when you're especially when you want to pursue a career or you have a massive ambish, ambition it's really easy to be sucked into this cycle of thinking you know why am I not there yet but yeah. you need to think about maybe like one year ago, everything that you dreamed and hoped for, you've got that now. So, for example, say if you wanted a job, one year ago you were so desperate for that job and now you're in that job and again you're unhappy because... I'm tired and, you know... Yeah, that, yeah that. So and you just want something new. So I guess you just have... Again, as uh, Zarish said, that, you know, live every single day as it is and be grateful for it and just be content. Yeah, thank your blessings because, you know, it, it makes you a happier person as well. If every day you just think, even if you set aside five minutes of the day saying thank you um, God for giving me this giving me that mm -hmm. it will make you a happier person because if you ever do feel down you then think about that five minute you had the day in the morning um, and you just think well I've got this I've got that why am I being so ungrateful everything happens for a reason anyways whether it's for the good or for the bad um, Allah always makes decisions in your life but trust me he's got a plan so just thank your blessings to that I think both of yours are like very motivational my one might be a little bit on the dismal side so mine Mixture. is just it's just a bit you know sometimes you know life kind of gets to you or something may get to you might just bring you down a little bit but I think sometimes you should like cut yourself a little bit of slack you know maybe take um a little bit of time to yourself just reflect on everything you know it's good to take a break sometimes loads of things can become overwhelming whether it is to do with family or to do with you know other domestic things or even work or uni or school college whatever anything that's going on in, with your life you know sometimes it can get quite overwhelming and it's just a bit like how am I supposed to do with all of this kind of thing so sometimes it's good just have a little break take a little bit of time to yourself you know it's good to have you know self-care I think it's really important mm -hmm, and I don't agree. think that a lot of people have that they do that they don't take the time out for themselves every once in a while you know you're always doing things when you come home from work you've got this to do you know mm. um all that to do on the on the weekend when the only two days you have off it's just like things you couldn't do during the week you're trying to squeeze that all in or and then th and then other things like they just come up as well so sometimes it's good you know just take a little bit of time out to yourself yeah. self-care is important your mental health is important too especially when things become overwhelming like don't ever like just keep going 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 as in you'll burn out yeah and i agree with you because the other day you made me you you said to me oh just put your pajamas on watch a chick flick and put a face <laughs> mask on and trust me guys i have not put a face mask on <laughs> put my head down and just you know relax i haven't done that in a very long time i've been studying working constantly um but it felt so good and um i actually purchased three face masks <laughs> and you know what i'm gonna do today after this radio show i'm gonna go home and put a face mask on <laughs> because sometimes you need you need, need yeah. self-care yeah like stress relief yeah. yeah because there's so much going on already and <coughs> sometimes you know you need that break you can't do okay this sounds a little bit i don't know demotivating, but you can't do everything no. all at once you know take each thing step by step and deal with it you know task by task yeah day by day you know, you can't do everything at once. It's actually impossible. But you can end up doing everything each stage at a time. And, you know, try and just take a break sometimes. You you definitely need it. 
to you who's listening to this put a face mask on or go for a walk watch a movie spend time with family you know just take a little bit of time to yourself because you know life's too short to be stressing over so many things that probably you know what in the future might not even be relevant yeah what was i was thinking like while Pfizer was talking i was thinking about mothers and how they they are service to everyone their children their responsibility as a wife then they have work commitments and now i think i was listening to some podcast uh, recently saying that how there's expectation of women to be an employee employee and have those expectations to you know fulfill all the demands and you know work life is demanding and it can be very stressful and it can be overwhelming and you take that home so you so a woman has all that stress and then she is expected to be the homekeeper as well like she's supposed to cook and clean as soon as she comes home get and be a mother ready. listen yeah. to the kids see if they're going through any problems yeah. i mean i come back from work i come back from work and i just literally just talk to my mum about the whole day and then she'd give me advice i would never listen to that advice but it's good to hear I hope that she's advice. not listening <laughs> she knows i don't she's like i don't know why you ask me when you're not going to listen but every problem I have I tell her about it and then she gives me advice and then don't really listen and then she just puts a face mask on and then goes to bed yeah (laughs) no but then I I think about it it's like you expect women to be a working woman and then you expect her Mm. to be a mother with and a wife responsibilities as if she's not working Mm. so you I think women are the like this message should go definitely to women that you know you you we stretch ourselves so much you have to cut yourself slack and yeah. it's not being selfish and it's not being you shouldn't feel guilty for it yeah you're a human being and Allah, Allah, create, Allah created us as human being and I think on the back of that as well the people that we surround ourselves with. so if we're a daughter maybe even I'm talking to myself like we should appreciate our mothers a little bit more yeah. we should help out a little bit like I'm definitely guilty of it I'll, I'll say that with my whole hands up you have to like appreciate what they do because that's why they say that the underneath the mother's feet is Jannah because yeah. it's like Jannah is not easy to get and this is the reason why they do so much their art service and I think you know it's really important to even if you're a man and you have um, and you see your sister and you see your wife or you see your mother doing all of this it's your responsibility to you know help out as well I think it's 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 just when you have a family network it's about helping each other of course everyone has different roles it's but it's a collective thing it's a collaborative thing and i think we should all look after each other look after yourself and look after each other exactly self-care is very important Do i think everyone's gonna go super drugs now and oh. get <laughs> face masks every, like it can be different forms definitely aside from face masks like you know it could just be to go for a walk or go to gym or something time with family yeah exactly go to the gym go to a spa i don't know just something yeah go to a spa that's nice go for a nice sauna yeah like anything in the form of self-care is sometimes what everyone once in a while needs yeah that form of stress relief as well remember you know things can get overwhelming and don't ever feel guilty about it that you're not doing this and this and this because you have other responsibilities you know like mariam you said like don't stretch yourself out like so much because we're already like that we all have so many different responsibilities whether it's you know work-wise home-wise anything else-wise you know self-care is key and i feel like the only way you can do self-care is by prioritizing prioritizing what needs to be done we're not saying that you know neglect your priorities and neglect your responsibilities but prioritize them you know your family commitments are a priority and that's your responsibility but other things that can be pushed back you push them back and you and you look after yourself because you know if you want to be
be successful and you want to be the best wife and the, or the best husband or you want to be the best employee you have to be, have a stable mental you know capacity to do that and you could and the only way you could do that is look after yourself you know and you know, in from a religious perspective, you know, Allah doesn't say to you to, you know, burn yourself up. He says mm-hmm. take two steps back and look after yourself. You know, your body is your amana. It's, it's something that we, it's alone. You, you you give your body back to God. How you look after your body and how you look after your mental health, that's, that's a religious duty on you as well. Exactly. Mm. So, yeah, look after yourself, mental health-wise, physically as well. Self-care, key I feel like social media can have an aspect to it as well. You can cut out so- social media. Yeah, because maybe cut things, certain things out of your life might help. Yeah, because some things are so unnecessary in our lives and it takes so much focus. And perhaps when we detox and we realise, actually, this has so much impact on us. True. And, you know, I feel like even even with friendships, I say, I would say, in this, you know, we have, we have so much access to information. We, we see so many people every single day. And, you know, without knowing... That does influence us, and you know sometimes we might feel that obligation or that that feeling that we must maintain every single relationship. But actually, you know, you're not in t- not everyone is entitled to you, and I feel like we have to recognize that. Don't feel bad that you know you're not there for every single person. Yeah. You're just one human being. I feel yeah. that it's really important to look after yourself and pri- I'm not saying to be rude and uh, you know neglect you know people that are close to you or you know be rude and if someone tries to talk to you and you just be rude to them I'm yeah. not saying that I'm saying that there's no need to be please everyone I think that comes that down to that as well mm-hmm. just look That's after true. yourself and you know you know your capacity and don't overwork yourself because at the end of the day that's going to affect your um, mental health and it's going to affect the way you carry yourself and your happiness. That's true. True. Anyone else want to add anything before we move on? No, I think we should move on now. So our main topic today is what will people say? So this is mainly in relation to honour, in relation to the aspect of shame that is very, I don't know, very controversial, but it's actually quite common in our culture. So we'll be discussing that. Remember, if you want to join in on our discussion, please do text or WhatsApp in on 0779481822. And we also have our Facebook live stream. Do you want to wave, guys? <laughs> so you can um, comment on that too. Let us know your thoughts because it's actually an interesting topic. So first question, define honour in terms of culture. How would you define it? Or how would you define the term, what will people say? What will people say? Like, what do you think of it as? Well, when I think about what will people say, I think of my parents. Um, Obviously, you, not even as a Muslim person, but as an Asian person, you always have that feeling, oh, if I do this, if I do that, what will people say? You'd always be bounded by other people's thoughts so Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example I'm actually from well I don't actually want to say where I'm from but I'm not from Luton Um, and where I'm from it's if you go there there's literally no Asians I'm not even kidding with you there's no Asians and I've been brought up there I've born there I went to school there I went to college there um, everything and then all of a sudden I come to Luton which is majority uh, Pakistanis or Indians or Asians in you know and when I came here, um, I was obviously not like the typical, um, very modestly dressing, 
in the sense that you know um, I would wear tight jeans or whatever or not wear a headscarf or anything like that and I got judged really badly and very quickly I realized what will you know um, I went I went home and I said to my parents oh I've, I've, people are making this comment about me and this comment and I don't know what people will say I'm going I'm going to change myself I'm going to start doing this I'm going to start doing that and um, and then my parents were like in the agreement that yeah okay fine that's good dress dress differently if you want to just so you don't want to be talked about but then why should I have to change myself I'm I've been brought up like that I don't feel like I I dress inappropriately but maybe people what will they say do I don't know how to explain it no I understand do you know what I mean if you're going to change, you change for yourself, yourself and for yeah. God, not because not of, for not yeah. another people, not because of people. That shouldn't be the influencing factor. Yeah. So th- that's mm. what I mean. So when I think of what will people say, I just think of typical mindset with typical thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> so just typical, mm. typical. Okay. Typical. Yes. Mario, I'm not in a what great mood question? today. What was I the question say? again? Oh God, <laughs> it's. What, okay, what do you think, your thought, your opinion on when you hear what will people say? How would you see it? I think it's, I think it's um, societal pressure on how one person acts or behaves and how that will be received by other people. Mm. And does and I think that interlinks with reputation. I think what people what will people say is interchangeable with reputation because you'll only care what people will say if you think you have a reputation that you need to maintain, and you're or you're scared that it's going to be redundant because you know you're acting a certain way. That's what I think. Yeah, that's that's. Mm. Mm. Do you think it's like a judgmental thing? Or yeah, I think friends. it is a judgmental force that influences people. So, for example, um, if your if your child, uh, we were talking about this before the show. If if your child wants to marry outside culture, the first thing that will come to you in Asian cultural mind is what will people say? Yeah, yeah. because they will say, well, why you know that that <laughs> it's not nice to say, but you know some thought process will be like. You know, you haven't you haven't raised your child. You know, the question fingers on the parents. Like, you yeah. haven't raised your child to, you know, stay within the same culture, or you know, like, how can you like ruin our reputation like that? All these like negative forces come. So, would you say this whole "what will people say" is mainly to do with reputation? It's to do with the shame factor. I think it's a shame factor because you wouldn't factor. care about what will people say unless you're scared that it's going to tarnish you in some shape or form. Yeah, that's. Very true. Um, I think San Shazia Afzal uh, on our Facebook live stream, Salamikum, she said uh, honor is basically being obedient. So being obedient equals honor. Thoughts? Thank you for your message. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for your message. That's quite interesting and quite fascinating how she's perceived honor to be obedient. I hope she elaborates because I'm not quite. Yeah, I would yeah. like I'm, a bit of elaboration. Yeah, on that. Not, is there anything else said after that? No, not okay. at the moment. But please do let us know your thoughts. Comment on our Facebook live stream or even text WhatsApp 0779481822 for your thoughts. But anyways, continuing on the discussion, so it's mainly to do with that fear that something's going to be tarnished, whether it could be the reputation, whether it could be um, the family name maybe. So is it just that fear that, oh my gosh, people are going to say something if I do so-and-so? 
Yeah, because you know, if you but were, why do we have that? If you are God conscious, and so long as you're doing things in the fold of Islam, it doesn't matter what people yeah. say, regardless of what you do. But why is that because, because, controversial statement? Why is that always because a that's the phrase? driving force? And you have to understand where does that derive from? It comes from, it comes from a culture where, for example, in our countries, right, everyone is the same. Like I'm not trying to, you know, generalize everyone, but for example, say if you're from Bangladesh or Pakistan, you're we all most people the majority are muslims and the majority have the same sort of mentality the obviously there's yeah minute differences but then you compare that to britain where it's multicultural it's multi it's westernized. very it's not i wouldn't not even regarding to westernization i'm talking about diversity mm-hmm. so for example there's three people in this room from three different perspectives and three cultural yeah. backgrounds and therefore we have three different opinions mm-hmm. whereas when you're in from the same kind of um, society or the same kind of um uh thinking so for example if you're if you're raised in a country where everyone thinks the same in terms of what will people say or cultural thinking then of course you're going to be part of that cycle you're going to you're going to be part of that loop um so for that in in that case it's re, uh, when you have that expectation where you should uh, follow this uh, trajectory like you should go to university you should not do this you should not do this like there's red lines that you should not cross mm-hmm. um, and even if it's actually islamically permissible for example marrying outside your culture then it will be talked about because it's something out of it's outlandish so of yeah. course people will talk about it whereas if you're from a culturally diverse place and you know you adopt more rel- I wouldn't even um, add religion to this but if you adopt more, if you're more open-minded and you are experienced different cultures and backgrounds and you don't have any reservations because you understand it, I think a lot of it comes from, you know, lack of education because, you know, you haven't seen something new, it's all that uncertainty. Yeah. So if you don't know something, then of course you're going to have fear of it. So if some, if you're, if you're not following the trajectory that Asian culture um, enforces, of course, people, other people will be like, you know, how, how can you, that, how can your but daughter do that? what if someone who's lived here for, I don't know, no, so the, majority that, of their life. So majority of their life, that, that comes from internalized uh, values of, for example, we have culture, right? We're sitting here, we all, for example, we all like biryani. Where does that come from? <laughs> you know, we all have differences, <laughs> yeah. but we all love biryani. Where does that come from? Because that's, that's how we, our roots come from. So, mm-hmm. of course, whatever our parents or our grandparents, they've, they've been raised and they've brought, and they bring from our countries, of course, that's going to be in, you know, internalized that's with the children. Enough. But the children, um, obviously, when you're raised here, then you're, you're, you will obviously interrogate it and you will question it and you will think differently because you know you're not living in a society where everyone is the same you're living in a society where there are different differences yeah. and you know in in theory i believe that's way better because you know islamically for me personally islamically i feel that you know you become more open-minded and and you become more appreciative of other people and more respectful yeah true. in that sense so i think that's where i think i've like digressed but, no, yeah. but you, it is true what you're saying though because it's very unfortunately like it's actually kind of sad to say because this mindset no matter how many generations pass down i feel like it'll always stick there's yeah. no way of it just seems like there's no way of getting mm-hmm. out of it mm-hmm. you could do one thing <clears throat> there will be someone in that crowd that will say but what will people say then if you do that kind of thing yeah. or that mentality might just hit you somewhere at the back of your head probably whispering to you you know if you do this, you know, what are people going to say? That's definitely true. Yeah. And I feel like, I think as the young generation who obviously we find that very wrong, I think we should be the one to tackle that. And if someone says, what will people say? Then you, we respond to that. How, 
what what does it matter yeah. it's not about what will people say it's about are you being a good person and are you doing anything morally wrong are you doing anything religiously wrong that's what it boils to it you're not going to take people to your grave you're not going to take yeah, people's exactly. opinions to the grave you're going on your own and so, people forget yeah. that so in certain situations why does it matter yeah but still, it's that that <coughs> it's that external it, yeah. force, uh, definitely, of course. And I'm that sure fear as well that oh my. It's because we don't have the ability to, the to speak up against it. It's one person against one hundred. Also, the pride thing as well. Definitely yeah. the pride. I think in our culture, pride is a very like out there thing, yeah. and a lot of people have that pride, like oh we're better than so and so, and it's actually ridiculous to say, but it's true. It it's common, you know, the pride thing, the honor. The shame and what makes it worse in my opinion is that it's always the honor and the shame that's on the woman so never oh yeah if the boy does so and so you know it will be bad for a little while but it will like go away but with the woman it's like it's stained always gonna yeah be there. Well, so I've, like she does one thing and, and she'll be taunted whole, yeah, for it for the rest of her life. Rest and of for her a life. man he does something wrong he grows a beard mashallah he's fine <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of sad because it sticks with the woman more and more pressures on her all eyes will always be on her because of that reputation the honor thing the shame thing but why yeah. why is it always on the woman i feel like what will people will only talk if you give them a chance to if you don't entertain it and if you don't you know give them that value of what you're of what they're saying then they will it will die out Mm -hmm. they will not speak about you so if you're vocal enough well actually what am i doing wrong if you question them back they won't have an answer what what will what will they respond with yeah that oh society said this but actually we're muslims and actually you know we have we only are god conscious what response will they have it's not justified and i think that it's our responsibility to interrogate that and be vocal about it. If, you know, if we see someone making a mistake and she's being pushed because of what will people say, it's our responsibility to save her. Exactly. Yeah. Um, after the break, we'll be discussing more. I think we'll go into more detail, especially to do with, for example, an example of the honour thing, to do with like honour killings, for example. Not too much into detail, but just because there's that underlying thing of what will people think. We'll also talk more about the mentality of it in terms of our households, job roles, and diversity as well. So please join us after the break. It'll only be a couple of minutes. See you soon, inshallah. You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast, making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum everyone and welcome back to Sisters Speak on Inspire 105.1 FM and just before the break we were discussing honour, the whole ideology or the phrase of what will people think. Um, so you're here only with me, Pfizer, and then you're here with Mariam and Zarish as well. So remember you can join in on our discussion on our Facebook Live. Wanna wave guys? Uh, or you can text in on 0779481822 or you can phone us 01582481822 with your comments and views and opinions on our topic today. So just before the break, I think we were just kind of summarising this whole idea of what will people say, you know, what we think of it and how we kind of see it. And I think we can all agree that it's just this ideology of, you know, about reputation. It's about the shame and the you know something being tarnished so aside from that just before the break i asked you a question of whether you think it's more on the women or the men what would you say honor and shame 
in cultural perspective, I think it's more on women. Yeah, it I sticks agree. more with the women than it right. does. Of course, with the men. yeah, I believe so. We're what do you think, Faisal? What do you think? <coughs> triggered. What do you think, Faisal? What do you think? I think it is on the women. I, I think, definitely think, it's, I think, and I think it comes from men. That that pressure comes from men, and that's why it's imposed on the women. But then it also comes from women on women as well. Yes, yeah, the shaming. The shaming does, the yes. The shaming, yes, which is of kind course. of common as well, unfortunately. But it it's, it is actually quite common, women shaming other women mm. to do with this whole what will people say? Oh, what will people say? About your daughter, yeah, yeah. Or what will people say yeah. that, you know, you're not practising properly or you're not dressed a certain way or you're you know why are you doing this job for or going into a certain career for you know people are going to say this people are going to say that kind of thing i think that's because of peer pressure amongst the women like my daughter's doing this why why is your daughter not doing that Mm. that is peer pressure So where does the shame aspect come in then the shame aspect comes in because your daughter is not following the trajectory that society or Asian culture has enforced. So it's not more society, it's more the Asian culture. Definitely. And I think society does have a, um external force as well. Because, you know, again, at the end of the day, what makes a society is people. And, you know, people have these, you know, very... Um, very rigid expectations of like in terms of gender roles so there's like a public sphere and there's a private sphere and there's women are expected to you know maintain the household and then in the public sphere you know she's given roles and for example you you would hardly see any um women in the ceo kind of field like yeah you won't see them at the top mm-hmm. because you know they're more empathetic so they will be mentors or things like that i'm just relating to my own university like you won't see a woman being, it's, 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 there's a, obviously there's a pay gap, it's still happening today. Yeah, mm. of course it's a big issue, even now. Because people, people still don't have that, um, to see women <coughs> equal, and, you know, equity and, you know, um, what's the word, being equal, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean, like, we'd have, for example, a male's uh, makeup, this is my own opinion, a male's makeup is not the same as a woman's makeup, so therefore they, so for example, if they, you know, try to do something in terms of physical strength, it's going yeah, to be different. True. Of course it's going it's to be go- different. Of course it's going to be different, and we're not striving to be the same yeah. in terms of that. And we're we're saying, not saying that we want exactly the same roles. I mean, no. for example, you know, women get bad, what, men too? <laughs> no, <laughs> we're saying that, you know, women have different needs, and men have different needs, and, you know, they should be fulfilled equally they should be given respect and value equally and women and men are designed a different way they even their emotional makeup is different and therefore they the way they approach things will be different that's what equity is that's what i believe that things are not that's why there's such a massive there's a big gap between um women and men it's because you know women are put are boxed into this expectation Mm -hmm. that they should fulfill this and where does that derive from that derives from patriarchy and so it's it's people it's men um enforcing these kind of cultural expectations when they themselves have never been the ones to maintain that Mm -hmm. so you know it could be for example like this is my own opinion like it's it's like a politician saying that this is the minimum wage but they've never had a minimum wage so how how can they resonate with the public that sort of thing so how can a man enforce the expectation of women but they've never experienced it Hmm. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. That's what you You raised quite a few good points there, though. What do you think? What do you think, guys? No, especially because of the whole... Like, if we're talking in terms of this honour and shame and things, 
it's, it is that equalness as well. Now, where I'm coming from, I'm talking about either way, for example, like as unfortunate as it sounds, but women get shamed way more than men. But why? Because just the fact that they're women and, you know, they'll do the same thing, but they'll be more shamed for it because they're a woman. Mm. For example... On, and I just want to brush on this topic only because it's a very controversial topic and it's a very... I think we need, like, a whole show for that topic. But honour killings, okay? And as if, unfortunate as it sounds, it's it's common. Very. Um, It's more of, like, a taboo topic. People don't talk about it. But I'm just going to address one thing, and that's the whole honour killings. The reason for it, in your opinion, is what? It's absolutely crazy i don't even have words to express that i can't believe it's it's down to because of two people fell in love they want to get married parents find out you know yeah and it could also be there i'm obviously not going to name who but there was this woman um in pakistan very she came from a very poor family i'm sure everyone knows who i'm talking about she came from a very poor family and um (laughs) she decided she wanted to become an actress so she went in the like business world and like yeah. modeling world and everything. She became very famous. She um, fin- like you know paid for her parents' expenses, mm-hmm. paid for her brother's school, paid for her sisters to get married. She herself got really rich, and um, you know at one point they didn't even have any money to eat food. She became very famous. Um, unfortunately, she she was a Muslim woman, and she was posting um, some um, con- controversial stuff online. And um, her own brother, who she did so much for, killed her. Yeah. Her own brother We did a show on this. Oh, yes. I'm just sorry. You know, so honour killing comes from... Again, this is honour killing. He killed her because he was like, um, oh, she's doing all of these things. People are saying this. But why is he not taking into consideration? It's because of her. They finally got food on the table. Her parents don't have to... Her 80-year-old father doesn't have to do labour anymore. They, They have somewhere to live. So... This kind of honour killing really annoys me. He did not appreciate what his sister did for the family home, what he should have done, as deemed by the Asian society that the man is the breadwinner of the family home. Mm. She did that, and he couldn't take it when people talk. Yeah. And, you know, the girl was so talented, so beautiful, so hardworking, and And unfortunately unfortunately she was killed because of what people thought. True that. And then the other form of honour killing is the whole thing, like I was saying before, you know... For example, people falling in love, choosing mm. that they want to get married to people who, for example, the family won't agree with. And then it ends up being the alternative would be the forced marriage thing, which yeah. ends up, not in all cases, but, you know, some ends up leading to the whole honour killing because so-and-so won't want to marry a certain person. But it's the, the woman who gets killed, you know? And there's no responsibility taken in that. Exactly. No one and realized. it will just be the blame will just be put onto the woman. The shame will just be put onto the woman. And not the, not the man that was she was dating or she was with or, you yeah. know. And we're not saying, you know, who's in the wrong here. But everything, why is it always pinpointed? Why is, like, the woman always victimised in these cases when it comes to honour and shame? Why is it always on the woman to carry the whole family name if she wants to, for example, pursue a certain career? Why is there this whole ideology of, you know, know. people are going to say this, so you can't go into that career. Maybe go into this. This is more better for you. 
And if you don't, then, you know, people are going to be saying, you know, why is she doing that career for so-and-so, you know? These kinds of comments and it's underlying issues as well like this, you know, don't be friends with this person because of yeah. their associations with this. Or if you hang around with a certain person, you... I'm just giving an example. If you hang around with a person that um, drinks, smokes or whatever, you're assumed to be doing the same just mm. because you're with that kind of group. But that... Why... You know, two friends can be completely different people, but um, yeah. they just get along. That doesn't mean just because she's hanging around with a... a I'm just giving an example, a white man. She, she's, you know... People automatically think bad, and I think that's completely wrong. Another thing which is a, such a common stereotype is this whole... For example, okay, this is an example, very controversial, but, like, women and men speaking, okay? This is one thing that's very controversial in terms of, you know, women shouldn't speak to men because so-and-so in our culture, okay? What about in work, when you're working, when you're at school, lectures... Anything like that. You're just not supposed to speak to men? Or when you're getting taught by a lecturer, you're not supposed to ask any questions, you know? There's a little bit of, like, that underlying issue. If, for example, if others were seeing you speak to the opposite gender. Yeah, I mean, like, it's the way you're in, pro you're in a professional setting and... Um, of course, you have to speak to your colleagues. It's more disrespect that you don't know how you have. Your, it's your lack of communication skills that you do not know how to speak to the other gender yeah. with modesty or respect. Even if it's not in a professional setting, even in a social setting. Yeah. So you know, you everyone knows that they have their own barriers. It's like you can't just go and look at someone. See if you see a guy and a girl speaking. You can't just go as assume what's yeah. going on. What is, you know? What, what is that? That's just rid absolutely ridiculous. It's ridiculous because there's a lot of cultural stigma that surrounds it. And In I think if you know yourself, there's the assumptions that oh. So you're supposed to, to you're supposed to defend gender. you're supposed to if you see someone's doing something you're supposed to give them 80 excuses or six, mm -hmm. I don't know the number you're supposed to make as many excuses, excuses up yeah. up um to defend the brother and instead what we're doing we're spewing hate and we're yeah. spewing rumors about people but then we, we need to look closely like where is this coming from is it because we have the inability to speak to each other with, with respect and modesty i'm not saying i'm not encouraging to go speak unnecessarily yeah we're not we're not saying that but we're saying yeah you know when necessary you know with with in line being modest and you know you just you know yourself why would why would you you know it's again it's that what would people say like why are you speaking to that person yeah. it's nothing to do with that person on our facebook live we just got a comment from shazia afzal she's the one who did comment before she said we live in a society where we do care what others may say even though it is something we shouldn't worry about, it will leave a trace of not fitting in and being accepted. We care and respect our elders and do not wish to see them hurt. It is about educating and raising awareness, but also do not wish to disrespect our elders. Sometimes stepping out of the circle to make a change is seen as a shame on the family. Yes, I so I agree yeah. with that, but then yeah. there's there's a line. So if you have that community, again, as I said before, so, you know, our elder, we, you know, no one's saying to disrespect your elders, of course, but have that conversation with them, have that dialogue, yeah. you know, ease the anxiety. They have anxiety because it's uncertain. They don't know the consequences of what you're doing and they think that it'll cause you more harm. Yeah. For them, staying within that circle or staying within that mentality kept them safe. So for you to step outside, they will think they'll be uh, it'll be unsafe for you. So have that 
that conversation, have that yeah. dialogue, and show them that, that it is it's, okay. Yeah. That is, it's okay. You know, take them along the way, because they, of course, end of the day, our, our elders want us to be in the best position, and they want us to be safe, and they want us to be respected. But if they, if you don't have that courtesy or extend your hand to uh, make them see or understand where you're coming from, then of course they're going to be, they're going to have that fear. But that fear comes from, you know, out of love for you. True. Yeah. Like I think we mentioned in the last show, communication is key. Always communicate and, you know, and then think whatever you do, it will obviously be, if you communicate it properly, then that's the way forward. But what if it's very hard to, because of their mindset, they won't change? Because, you know, it's quite common. Yeah. A lot of the elder generations, they won't. Like, they'll stick to the roots completely. So you'll have to, uh, in that case, I would say, choose your battles. There's some things that are worth fighting for and there's some things that they're and not worth the fighting. And then show them. Remember we said it in the last show. Show them what you can do and then once you've done it, that they will later realise and they'll be proud of you. As long as you're motivated, ambitious, then once you've achieved what you wanted to, then your parents, not even your parents, the elders will realise she was yeah. right. But do try and have that communication first. True that. Do you think there are certain stigmas in our culture, for example where there is shame towards certain aspects of women. For example, just an example, there's the stigma with, you know, women who are married and of age but without children. There's stigmas of single mothers, divorcees, you know, widows, women who are just working and they haven't got married yet, you know, women who shouldn't pursue education, yeah. Stigmas like that. How can we tackle the what will people say with that as women ourselves? An example of that could be when, for example, if a woman is career orientated and she's working, she's doing really good in her professional life, but um, say, for instance, she's 28, 29, she's not married yet, people will obviously say, oh, you're getting too old, you're not going to find a good rishta for yourself, you're not going to be able to find a good ma um, man to get married to, you're not going to have kids on time, or you may later not be able to mm -hmm. conceive. You know, um, how to overcome that is keep doing what you're doing good at, Be keep being a professional, and when the time's right, just just say to them, Allah has written my destiny. If I'm meant to get married, I will get married. If I'm meant to have kids, I will have kids. Just ignore them. I said that last time as well. As long as you're doing what you feel like is right, morally right, like you said, religiously right, then people's opinions should not matter. Yeah. What people will say does not matter. But it's it's so true, though, that it will always stick, though. It was, it was there will stick. always be. Like, our society is like that. We have this whole ideology that you know that you do eventually care at what other people say as i think in my own personal opinion no matter how much we say you know we shouldn't care so and so or you know we shouldn't look to what other people think we should only do what's right for ourselves etc there will always be that thought or those little fragments of you know i like we do care what other people say we do care what other people think 
Definitely. And I think the way to tackle that is, you know, we can't sit here and discuss how we will rev- revolutionize, you know, the mentality. Yeah. But I think it starts at home. Char- there's the saying charity starts at home. And, and I guess we can apply that. You know, start with your family. If you can help your family and educate your family in terms of, you know, again, as Zarish and I have mentioned, that if you're doing something and you're God conscious about it and there's nothing wrong with it, mm-hmm. then just tackling your own family members. If every single person, you know aims and strives to you know educate their family then that's like the whole of society because each you know one person can't do everything but everybody can do something and i think that that's the mentality we need to have like we're not saying to go out you know and do protests or whatever we're saying we're saying start at home you know discuss with your parents discuss with the grandparents or within your own circle what kind of mentality why why, where is that coming from and you know tackle that first do you feel as if there's do you find that Muslim women experience a sexualized body shame, being body shamed. I don't know if and I have this any opinions could be on that. In terms of um, the way you look, in terms of your dress, in terms of your hijab, in terms of makeup, in terms of I, how your butt like yeah. Butt shape. Yeah, I definitely think that you know, especially in terms of weight, and I think this is something that deserves another show so the first thing you know um our asian aunties much love to the asian aunties but (laughs) (laughs) the first thing they said oh you've gained weight oh you've lost weight so you know it's always a it's a something that they always comment on the way you look and then then comes the what would people say if you go to a certain place looking like that Definitely. Yeah. It's like the cherry on top. Oh, why are you wearing too much makeup? Who are you trying to impress? Yeah. Oh, um, but these things we do for ourselves. Yeah, I mean, self-love, remember? That's what we were talking about. Um, one second. Uh, developing Creative Education CIC commented, uh, people live one life. A good piece of advice I received once was that people should not allow other people's problems about how they think of you should become yours. If you are a good person, what does it matter? If other people have a problem with how someone lives a life in a free country, then maybe they have the problem. Perfectly well said. Well said. Yeah. All put together as yeah. well. I agree. That definitely hits the nail on the head. Yeah. But I still think there's always going to be the There's fragments. always going to be an external yeah. force. Of course, and it's going to come to your mind. But the thing is, is how you... How it's how you, you react. It. It's how you react to it and how you respond to it and how you approach systematically of what you want to do. So if you, of course, that's going to be internalized thought yeah. and of course it's going to be external force, but it's how you respond to that and that's what the focus should be. Um, Sergio Khan said, "Assalamu alaikum, walaikum salam." He said, "Our unfortunately, our cultures getting get in the way. The reality is that women are an integral part of both Islam and Britain alike." The Quran regards men and women as equals in the sight of God. True. Exactly. exactly. So, whether in the sight of God, so you know, when a woman make a man makes makes a mistake and a woman makes a mistakes, we're looked at as human beings. We look, they're not looked, yeah. they're never looked at for their gender. They're looked at for their mistake. And so, if Allah opens that up and says that you know, exactly. as long as you have air in your lungs, you can seek forgiveness. Gender's out of the question. Exactly. Yeah. We look towards our deeds, our intentions, not towards our gender, not towards how we look. And unfortunately in our society, is, it's the, uh, in our culture actually, it's the gender. It's the, what we do. And, you know, if we do one thing, what consequences it's going to have on apparently everyone else? 
again, it's uh, as you said, it's about intention. So why does, you know, I, I always think this is so mind blowing for personally for me. Is why does why does Allah not count our deeds? Why does He weigh it? Because He looks at intention and looks at sincerity. And what exactly. does that makes Islam so individualized? So my capacity to do good deeds and your capacity to do good deeds is completely different. But Allah looks at your intention and your sincerity, yeah. and he, and He looks at my intention and my sincerity. So you could be, you know, fulfilling all the rights, or you could be doing, um, you know extra amount of like deeds and I don't have that capacity to do so but I avoid sin or I try my best to be a good person in the t- in the eyes of Allah is is how much effort and sincerity you put into that and I think that's the most beautiful thing you know there's no one box checkbox thing in religion exactly. it's mm-hmm. it's very individualized and it's all about your personal relationship with God yeah and your personal journey is not okay. one straight journey. Not everyone's on the same road, and the whole everyone has the same destination. But others created that. Exactly. You know. And don't worry about what other people are doing in their journey, and like you know whether or not you should be doing that. But focus yeah. on your own. Focus on your own deeds. <laughs> Remember, it doesn't matter, men or women. You know, whether it's gender, whether it's how you look, everything. It shouldn't matter. But you know, sometimes it does get to you. But just I feel like you should ignore that voice. You know, ignore the societal pressure of, you know, what. Yeah, think. there's something that I want to touch upon. Like, for example, um, when you're a man and you have daughters, or if you if you're a brother and you you I don't sister, yeah. and you don't allow your sister or your daughter to do something ask yourself is this because of culture or is this is she doing something religiously right or is she doing something morally right if she is who am i am i i'm I'm competing with god's position because i'm not allowing my child to do that so for example marrying outside of culture i'm not allowing my child to marry outside of culture when because of my culture because of i i put culture before religion you have to ask the question you know is she is this my pride or is this, you know, religious? Yeah, is, exactly. is this the re- religious force that's stopping you? And I think if you if you think about it that way, who are you competing exactly. with? You're competing with God. You are competing because, with God and you have to realise that. Yeah, our religion doesn't teach, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do that, like you shouldn't be marrying outside your culture. When in fact, you know, there's only four things you look to when you're getting married. And culture is not mm. it. But unfortunately... Society, and the way you perceive Islam is that you is are you mixing culture with religion? Oh, religion says this, but are you actually just taking fragments of religion to express your culture? You know, you have to have this thought process, and you have to be strong enough to divide culture and religion. It's so easy because, of course, you know. With all due respect, it's because obviously when you're in a Muslim country and you've inherited culture and religion at the same time, it's very hard to distinguish exactly. it. But when you have, when you're living in, you know, a place where you have access to research, you have access to data, and you access to resources, the way you have been brought up is not going to be the same as the way your children have been mm-hmm. brought up, and their capacities is going to be different to your capacities. And I'm not saying that, um, you know, some things. Of course, parents we can't see it, but parents will know that, and history repeats itself. So, so there's exactly. some things that you can't negotiating and I understand that but more often than not your child has been raised in a multicultural uh, country and they have a different perspective yeah. and you have a different and perspective the generations are different as well a generation is different in each generation. and each each generation becomes um, although it may not seem so each generation 
becomes maturer because they have because obviously the, the time life lessons as well yeah so, so you see children that are born and raised now they understand things very very quickly very whereas, quickly, whereas yeah. before we were quite sheltered in that yeah. sense it's in generations are moving extremely fast and we have to accept that that's how things are going and we're going to have to exactly. adopt and adapt and to that and one thing to not let go of is the religion aspect in all of that because if you let that go then you're just falling into the trap of cultural like needs cultural societal expectations and what they want from you because that's that's literally religion helps you in that it moves you away from that yeah so the whole point of religion is is you're you're a slave to god so you're free from being slave to human that's the whole point of it and what happens when you're a slave of god you're free from expectations of human beings which are not unachievable Mm. That's all it is, and it's about being a. The whole point of religion is to characterize, characterize yourself as a good person. It's it's a simple thing, but I think we just overcomplicate it with culture. And we're not yeah. disrespecting culture because there's many positive aspects and to it too. It's gonna take a long time to move away from that. What will other people say? Aspect, but eventually, I really hope that we do move away. The what will people say? It will kind of be forgotten, hopefully. And even but if it's not, it's our it's our responsibility yeah. to, to you move know, away from yeah, it. to move away from to it. move from, away exactly. from it. Yeah. But anyways, uh, we're coming to the end of our show. Thank you for everyone who commented in. Thank you, girls, for your thoughts and opinions. Please do join us next week, inshallah. Thank you for listening to our show. Salam alaikum. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at Inspire FM Luton.